Chris Evans here. Thank you for downloading this week's podcast of the Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, musician, comedian, composer, and so much more. He's a genius, basically. Tim Minchin chatting his brand new album, Apart Together. Fitness guru Joe Wicks is back with a new positive lifestyle cookbook, The 30-Day Kickstart Plan. Only Phil's and Horses legends David Jason shares his life stories from his memoir, One Del of a Life. And the one and only Matt Lucas tells us about his fresh out of the oven, festive charity tune, Merry Christmas, Baked Potato. All of that and loads more still to come. Now, Dapper Dave, tell us who's our first guest. He nails anything musical he turns his hand to and all the proof you need is in his latest release. The new album, Apart Together, is out now and here to tell us more is a man that can make you laugh, cry, sing and dance all within the space of one song. It's the genius of the one and only Tim Minchin. All right, live from Sydney. Good morning, Timothy. Hello, Chris. How are you? Very well. Tell us about Merlot Mondays and how far into your particular Merlot Monday today you might be. I made up Merlot Mondays about 10 minutes ago on Twitter and it's really (laughs) taking off. Uh, I didn't make up the fact that I'm having a Merlot on Monday. It's just the alliteration uh, popped into the world 10 minutes ago. I've had a couple of uh, wines because it's 7.30 in the evening and I'm doing breakfast radio in the UK so I thought I'd better chirp up. Mix it up a bit. All right, so um, so meat-free Monday's a thing. Paul McCartney has a a hefty hand in that one. I thought Merlot Mondays would be an Aussie thing. I sort of wanted it to be, and maybe now it will be. Uh, It is, as of right now. It is a (laughs) massive thing. (laughs) See, now, if I kick off on uh, Friday, Friday's our big night, to be honest. Saturday's sort of uh, semi, and then we're very, very well behaved for the other five school nights. Um, I would would start off with a beer or a a cocktail, cocktail before I get into the red wine, because once I get into the red wine i'm happy to be there but there's nowhere to go apart apart from more red wine so was it was it merlot straight off the bat it is because i i'm not i'm not a very adventurous drinker i really love my red wine and i also have a pretty uh quick flicking off switch so (laughs) i really just have a wine to like get off the day especially with kids i just need something to make me feel slightly less anxious and then I might have a second one and maybe a third one and that's usually it for me whatever night of the week yeah no, I don't have a radio show that starts at five in the morning though. yeah I know well I do I love I love it I get I get it entirely but you know th- this is you talk about anxiety th- this is one of the ways I self-medicate by getting on the radio and uh, one of the ways you've done that for years is via uh, your talent and you you've said haven't you in interviews I can usually art my way out of anything. Well, it's funny, actually. It's taken me till, you know, I'm 45 now. It's really taken me to the last few years to to sort of realise that that's actually how I go about my life. I, I've always sort of thought it's a bit of a fluke that I've become an artist, uh, if I'm allowed to use that word for myself. Um, but it's only recently, and perhaps this album especially, uh, that I realise it's kind of how I, exactly like you with radio, it's how I compute what's going on in the world around me it's funny isn't it because yesterday i was reading um that wonderful interview you gave to the culture magazine and the sunday times and then i listened to your album yesterday and again today and i thought oh right what do i say how do i introduce this part of the conversation with tim and i thought i'd leave it till you so to you so here we go um so tim finish off this sentence please uh, so this is the first album where tim minchin dot dot dots ah <laughs> oh, damn um this is the first album where I uh, don't feel obliged to either provide a punchline nor uh, a story that belongs in a musical. I guess it's just me 
it, it, it's not so much a change as a reversion to before I became known as a comedian and before I became known for writing theatre. And, and, and they've all been sitting here, these songs, and actually even while I was known as a comedian, songs of this style, kind of quirky observational storytelling songs, were in my set. It's just not what I got known for so much. So, yeah, I guess I'm just kind of finally getting an album done. There's no big big career move happening. No, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because like you say, it's the first time you've done this for a very long time, if at all, you know, yeah. ever, uh, the, the kind of profile you enjoy uh, nowadays. Having said that you don't feel obliged to provide a punchline within the songs, there are some in there because yeah. you can't help yourself. Well, there's... Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I write very wordily yeah. and I... Uh, my songs don't tend to follow a normal pop format. They they tell stories and it's just my songs after you've gone past three minutes, there's usually still something to find out, you know, which is not normal in pop music. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do tend to look for the gag. And actually my mission for the last 10 years post-comedy has been to make art that makes people laugh and cry, preferably, preferably within the same minute you know yeah. I, i'm really interested in that knife point as we discussed with upright that that you were very kind to me about by the way <laughs> the, the dvd for upright is out today and if people haven't seen it i encourage you I, oh, I, I would love to go back and watch it. in fact you know what i think i might but there's so much good stuff have you, have you been watching the undoing i haven't yet oh. we just did queen's gambit with with my daughter who's uh pretty interested in in chess um, but that's should undoing, right? Is that what I should do oh, next? Oh, mate, it's so good. Episode five drops here tonight. So because it's HBO, it's every week. You can't sort of binge on it. You're not allowed to. And I like it. And it's it's right. it's funny. We're back nice. to those. You know, we, we've got to wait um, for six six days and 24, 23 hours for the next one. Yeah. And all there is to do is talk about it until then, and it's really cool. So it's good. Old it's fact. really good. My good. son and I are, are in that journey with the Mandalorian too, waiting for the next step. But it's a cool feeling. Anything else you'd like to say? Tim, before we bid you farewell. Oh, uh, look, I, I really, do you know what I want to say? Thanks to all the UK people who watched the live stream we did of this album. That was a really um, slightly, you know, transformative experience, actually trying to make something for lockdown, a lockdown concert, and it went really well. And, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are finding this album kind of interesting and emotional, and my job is to convince you of that, so I hope you're convinced. Tim, you're awesome. Apart together, um, Tim's brand new album is out right, right uh, now, and Upright DVD is out today. Thank you, Tim. Thanks so much, Chris. I really appreciate your you're time. You're welcome, as always. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He was the spud-based lockdown relief we were all crying out for. Well, now he sprinkled some tinsel on it, slow-cooked it in the oven, and it's ready to be de- de- um, excuse me, it's ready to be devoured yet again. Uh, uh, it's Friday. <laughs> the charity single "Merry Christmas Baked Potato" is out now, and here to tell us more is the marvelous Matt Lucas. All right, Hello. Matthew. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing? Very well, very well. Uh, so we last talked. Oh, uh, when was it? Oh, yesterday morning uh, for our podcast. How to hour went very well. I thought. What did you think, Matt? I thought it went very well. I like anything that I can do without leaving the house, basically. Well, so you, this has been a yeah. You had to leave the house in the end, though, because you had to go to rehearsals to lay Miz, didn't you? I did. I'm. You know what? It's true. I'm. I'm in rehearsals for the Les Miserables in concert, which is due to open next Saturday, not uh, tomorrow, but next Saturday. So I'm warbling all day with Michael Ball and Alfie Bow, and you can get 
the CD and the DVD of that concert. That is available. What a lovely Christmas it gift. It is a lovely be. Christmas gift, lovely stocking filler. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, of course, uh, that's going to happen now again, isn't it? So, and it's sold out, so we can't, we can't go to it, but we can get well, the... You, we're, we're, yeah, they've got to, they've got to uh, figure it out because, uh, obviously, some people won't be able to come, so some tickets may become available. Uh, it's all, you know, they're figuring it out. Cameron McIntosh is a very clever man. He can usually make things work. All right, what about uh, Merry Christmas Baked Potato? Tell us all... All about this little uh, lovely package. The baked potato is back. Uh, I wrote a book <laughs> which is out. Merry Christmas, baked potato for the kids, you yes, know. It's here. Um, and uh, then I turned it into a song. And if you uh, if you buy the song, if you download the song, Merry Christmas, baked potato, the proceeds go to fair share. So um, it's. Uh, the return of the baked potato. I also have a joke book out, you know. Oh, yes, I've been ever so busy. <laughs> you really I have. I wrote two books. I did. I wrote both books while doing the Bake Off. So I've got this other book, my very, 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 very silly book of jokes. Yes. So there you go. If you've got two kids, yes. you buy one the joke book and one Merry Christmas Baked Potato. Uh-huh. But the, the song is, um, it's a full-length song, this one. It's about four minutes. It's, a, it's the real deal. You know, I wanted to do one of those big, fun, Wombles, Slade, Wizard-type Christmas songs. So um, uh, hopefully it's a catchy tune and um, uh, it's got kids singing on it. It's, and of course, a giant singing potato. What can go wrong? I'm looking at your joke book here, Matt. Uh, where do sheep get their haircut at the bar bars? Very good. Yes. Very good. It's classic. It's a classic. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's knock, there? Knock. Who's there? Europe. Europe who? No, you're a poo. No, you're a poo. No, you're a poo. No, you're a poo. There you go. You big smelly, One for the kids. You big smelly poo. Uh, what does <laughs> what does a cloud wear under her coat? Go on. Thunderwear. There you go. It's for the kids, but also throughout the book, there's little cartoons of me making comments about the jokes. Uh-huh. So it's got it's got lots of original stuff in I it love as this. well. And um, uh, yeah. what what do elves do after school, Vassos? Go on. Go on. No, elves. Gnome work. No work. Oh, classic i love it i love it i love it uh, right so the christmas single is out now um, and tell us about food share well food share you know i was just inspired by marcus rashford because he, he's done all that work you know they're just helping let kids eat i mean the the the, the first baked potato song was for feed nhs you know because we had all the uh we had all the 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 nhs staff and uh, you know the supermarket shelves were empty and uh, the restaurants and cafes were closed and so we thought it was, you know, food in a way is medicine. And so it's the same with kids. You know, we want kids to be healthy and we want kids to be able to learn. Uh, and, and, you know, it's sadly, not every family has access to the kind of funds to, to feed their kids right now. It's a, you know, it's a tough time. So Fair Share is there to help. And uh, as I say, all proceeds from the sales of this song goes to Fair Share. Great to talk to you again. Thanks for yesterday. Thanks for today. Thank you for Merry Christmas Baked Potato. Good luck with the rehearsals. Uh, you're back on stage with Les Mis from the 5th of December. We've got joke books out here. The Matt Lucas, my very, 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 very silly joke book. We've got the Merry Christmas Baked Potato book. Uh, am I missing anything, Matt? Yes, back on screen on Christmas Day and New Year's Day <laughs> Go on. With, um, ba- with Bake Off specials, of course. <laughs> of course you have. And um, we did mention, <laughs> we did whisper this on the podcast. By the way, uh, Matt's podcast will drop at 5am on Monday morning, the How to Hour podcast, episode 27. Uh, but let's not do- early enough. 5am, not early enough, Chris. <laughs> let's do it for, uh, apparently it's the best time. We've done the research. Uh, but for people listening to the radio now, um, and maybe they won't catch that, uh, just, just tell... Tell them what you told me yesterday about the fact you and David um, are writing this new hit movie together. 
Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> what we've done, we've got this idea. No, we've got an idea for something. Yes, go on. And so we're and we're talking about it. But I don't want to say what the idea is yet because we don't. We haven't gone to anyone to ask them if they want to make it yet. Of course, they want and to make. Everybody will want to make. We don't it. know. We don't know. But I think I actually think it's something. I mean, we'll come and talk to you about it if if we are making it. But and I think it's something you'll like. It's from a. It's something set in a period you'll remember very well. It's something that we're really excited about. And we we talk all the time. We we message pretty much every day and we do what everyone else does we swap silly photos and and silly messages and uh, jokes and we're just figuring out what we can do together but we, there will be something absolutely you could you could um take a leaf out of ricky gervais's contract with netflix do you know about that no what is it so his his current contract with netflix is uh, quote unquote um for whatever you want to do next oh blimey that would be very dangerous I would it, it, I would probably involve me writing a musical about the uh, Arsenal Invincible season. I don't think everyone wants to see that. Well, no, you, never never give me a contract like that. Okay, part of those contracts. Those contracts are out there if you're any good and you want one. All right, Matt, thank you so much. Lots of love. Well done, Matt Lucas. Merry Christmas, baked potato is out now. All proceeds to Food Chef. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, over to you. He's played more iconic characters than you've had hot dinners and you can hear all about it directly from the man himself. His memoir, A Dell of a Life, Lessons I've Learned, is out now, so please welcome someone honest and open all hours who will gladly suffer both fools and horses. It's the one and only Sir David Jason! All right, David! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what an intro. Very clever. Yeah. Sounds like a 20th Century Fox movie there yeah. for a minute. He was very nervous about that one. Um, yeah, because, it was very good, tell because, him, yeah. Oh, well. um, I'd like that written down, so I'm used all the time for my intro. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Pleased with that one, David. I really yeah. am. Hello, hello, David. Oh, I'm very Hello, hello. Yes, very well done. I like that. That's <laughs> my you. intro. Uh, write it down and use it. Always. Yes! Thank you. Um, congratulations on the third part of your memoir. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> How nice of you to say so. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's more of a sort of um, potpourri, you know, a mixture of bits and bobs and the things that I've said and things that have happened to me over the past years and uh, just uh, put them all together and um, with the... Uh, with a lot of uh, hopeful, hopefully, bits of helpful advice. And so, uh, you know, that's the way that we put it together and um, hopefully people will enjoy it. Because that's the main thing. That's a, it's a bit like uh, you. Your, your job, is, uh, your function is to entertain and bring a bit of uh, light relief and pleasure to people. And um, I, that's basically what I've done with my career. And uh, so I hope the book will reflect some of that. Well, it's, it's a great book. I don't know if you share the same publisher with Michael Caine. I haven't checked, but he did a, a very similar book to this a couple of years ago. You know, it was anecdotes and it was things he'd found, you know, lessons in life. Um, and it was, it was a brilliant book, as is yours, Dave. And uh, yours also includes a little bit of your lockdown diaries, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, it does. That's, uh, that's true. Well, uh, hopefully... Again, you know, you can't presume too much, but I hope some of it is uh, trying to lift uh, the drudge, the dreariness of this <laughs> lockdown that everybody is suffering. But uh, some of it is uh, a light-hearted look at it. Um, I mean, it, uh, one thing that springs to mind that, that, that did sort of 
I remember amused me slightly was I went out for a walk and um, uh, and on the fields uh, near where I live and uh, was on a path that was uh, had bushes on either side and suddenly there coming towards me was a gentleman uh, on his own and I we were walking towards each other and we thought you're the lockdown you've got to keep six feet at least apart and the the path is so narrow. There's hedges. I, I, what are we going to do? We got closer and closer, and suddenly we got to, right opposite each other and threw each other into the uh, into the <laughs> side of the bushes in order to uh, you know keep our distance. So little anecdotes like that, I try to uh, you know reflect and sort of make an amusing article out of what is a. You know, a bit of a pain in the arse, really. It really is. OK, Jane in Litchfield has texted. Uh, she says, My 24-year-old daughter, Coral, has been a huge fan of David Jason since she was a young girl. She knows all the scripts of Only Fields and Horses from re-watching hundreds of times, and her fondest memories are of watching A Touch of Frost with her granddad after he'd pick her up from school. We even have a dog called Dell, even though the dog is a girl. Uh, please, thank you. <laughs> Thanks to David for continuing to be brilliant. Um, now, she sounds like she'd be perfect for one of your Only Fields and Horses Conventions, which I believe is one of the last things you did in public before lockdown. Is that right, David? Yes, that's that's, that's perfectly correct. And that was uh, a, a sort of thing that I've been avoiding over the years. I uh, found it rather difficult to um, accept uh, that sort of um, that sort of adoration, if you like, from from the general public. I avoided it, and it was a bit. I thought, I thought a bit humiliating, but in the end, I decided that because of the popularity of the show and how much people had loved it and everything, I thought that I would go to one. And so uh, at the beginning of the year, just before the convention, I, um, I, I did. And my word, was I surprised? And was I, did I enjoy it? It was fantastic to meet so many people and to learn how much influence the show has had on so many people. It's changed so many people's lives in a nice way. And I just uh, was a real big eye-opener for me. So I was delighted that I went and shared some of those memories with so many lovely people. So more of those, perhaps? Um, yes, that's uh, a good possibility. Yes, I think so. Uh, if it's going to bring that uh, much pleasure to people, I certainly will consider it. How are you feeling? I'm uh, uh, just waiting for this to calm down and so I can get back into harness. And I've got some um, documentaries lined up. And there was, unfortunately, a nice little film that uh, they cancelled uh, last year because of the virus. And so I'm hoping they might do that. I've got three episodes of uh, open all hours that they wanted to finish but they had to close that down so the, that uh, bug that nasty bug has had a nasty effect on all of us so i'm hoping that um, little bits might uh, chinks in the armor will give us a chance to go and do what we love doing the most all right, David. Well, this book has already been number one in the Sunday Times bestseller list. It remains in the top five. Could well get back to number one again, um, as both your previous memoirs have done as well. So, happy Christmas, David Jason. Thank you very much, Chris, and your team. And thank you for entertaining us so much uh, over these uh, 
rather dismal times. Well, Thank you very much indeed. You're more than welcome. What a lovely man. Sir David Jason, lessons I've learned, a dead of a life is out now and it is an absolute cracker. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We've heard from three tip-top guests already, but there's still so much more to come. Tennis icon Judy Murray serves up some tales from her brand-new 11-part docu-series. It's called Driving Force. You have to watch it. It's on Sky Sports. Supreme songstress Catherine Jenkins discusses the upcoming release of her Christmas spectacular film, all recorded at the Royal Albert Hall. Movie and now wrestling hero David Arquette shares stories from his mind-boggling new film, You Cannot Kill. David Arquette but boy did they try and the three lines tamer England manager Gareth Southgate tells us all about his brand new brilliant book Anything Is Possible it's a cracker for the kids at Christmas all of that and more still to come so let's get right back to it Dapper Dave who is next if anyone knows what it takes to succeed, fail, regroup and go again, it's our next guest. His inspiring new book, Anything is Possible for Kids and Parents, is out today. So please welcome a man that single-handedly made millionaires of several waistcoat manufacturers. It's England manager Gareth Southgate. All right, Gareth. Good morning. How are you? Very well. This is a fantastic book, Gareth. Seriously, I, I started to read it last night. I was, to be honest, I was going to skim across it, um, uh, but I couldn't. I couldn't help myself but slow down and get take a deep dive into it. I was there with my son. He's eleven, and I said, "No, you have to read this book." And at the back of the book, where there's uh, space for notes for kids or whoever reads it to write down their thoughts on various chapters, I've already filled in all the gaps, and so I'm going to have to buy him another copy, Gareth. That's how much I liked it. <laughs> Seriously, it's a great Br- book. Brilliant. Well, I'm pleased. I mean. It- the, the idea was to try to help young people if we could. Um, and uh, I think now what's emerging is that a lot of parents are having a look through and finding there's some good messages and perhaps give them a better understanding of some of the difficulties their kids are going through. So, yeah, we're hoping as well as raising some money for the Prince's Trust, we can inspire some young people along the way. Ah, oh, now there you go. You've answered my second question, which was going to be, how the heck do you get the Prince of Wales to write you forward? But you've just answered the question because it's for the <laughs> Prince's Trust. Oh, yes. I see. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not quite as close as that might appear. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say, I didn't know it was for the Prince's Trust. I'm glad you pointed that out straight away. It wouldn't matter if it wasn't. Um, it starts off, of course, with your... The, you know, your own account of, of Wembley Stadium, semi-finals, Euro 96, um, and a penalty shootout. And I can't believe you went there straight away. You know, I've been with you at a couple of pretty eventful nights um, yeah, at football. We you yeah. know, we were there together. You were on the pitch <laughs> during both. You know, we were there at Crystal Palace, weren't we? On the, the Eric Cantona Kung Fu night. Yeah. We were there for that. Yeah. And we, we watched the game back afterwards in the Players' Lounge, which was, that was an incredible night, wasn't it? It was such a strange atmosphere. That, that was amazing. I remember 
coming up. I mean, this is how long ago it was. We had a pint after the game. You know, players don't do that anymore, do they? We had a pint a bit. Yeah. Uh, so we're there for that, and then I was in the crowd um, at uh, at Wembley that night when you came to take the penalty. Just just quickly, just just recount how you describe that um, experience in at the beginning of the book, and and why it's useful to start the book off like that. Yeah, I think that um, uh, obviously lots of youngsters wouldn't be aware of it, although most most have probably seen it at some point. But um, I think there were a few things really. One that to score a penalty is about executing a skill under pressure and to be able to do that you've got to prepare and practice properly and that was a lesson I learned from that um, and then there was the, the coming back from that you know that's as low a moment as I could have had professionally and I think it's important that young people understand that these failures these things that don't go as you hoped they don't they don't finish you as long as you're um driven to take lessons from them and and learn from them the resilience to come back is what shapes you and um, my my point is that if I can get into the role I'm in now with all of those failures along the way when they look at people in high profile positions don't assume it's been an easy journey um, and don't be put off by the things that are bound to go wrong because that is something that everybody experiences and I think sometimes when you're a young kid, you think you're the only one going through those feelings. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. It's beautifully made. But the trauma of it, you know, I felt for you. I felt for me again reading it. I felt for, for, the, for, for England as a nation. But, you know, you're absolutely right. For serial success, see serial failure because they go hand in hand, don't they? Well, I'm often saying to our players that things are going to go wrong during the game. And if they don't, then actually we should be questioning ourselves because we're probably not trying things. That, that might make the difference. And I don't know anybody uh, of any age who hasn't been through this, this journey of uh, mistakes and things going wrong and, and have to put that right. And whatever we're going to do in life, whether it's um, in the entertainment industry, you're going to suffer rejection. You're going to suffer people that don't believe in you. Um, but that inner resilience that you have to start to build yourself is what can, can carry you through. Okay, we're going to finish on a low, Gareth. (laughs) (laughs) How were you at maths at school? Um, Well, I I, I was in the top set and I shouldn't have been. Let's put it that way. Okay, well, (laughs) either I've misread this. I don't know. I I kept staring at this last night thinking, and I was tired because we get up at silly o'clock. So, you know, there's a section here called Dream Times, which is a brilliant uh, section. In the 1930s, a Swedish professor, this is from the book, called Anders Ericsson looked into how long it takes to get really good at something. The theory is popularised by an author called Malcolm Gladwell and states that it takes 10,000 hours of practice and experience for anyone to truly master a skill. So if you've set your sights on becoming an elite player in any walk of life, here's what it could take to reach that magic number. Four hours a day, seven days a week for a whole year with Christmas off. But I've done the maths and that's that's 1,460 hours. So you're going to be a... 8,540 short. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is a classic, isn't it, really? (laughs) (laughs) These are the learning experiences we're talking about, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's on page... Just in case... I don't know how many books have been printed, but page 75... Well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll go in, I'll nip into one of the bookshops this morning and just start correcting all of yeah. those now. OK, well, I can do Marlowe and Windsor. Um, you can do Yorkshire. Is that all right? 
perfect. We'll have it covered in the in. The, well, I can't. I can't actually add that up. How long it will take? <laughs> well, no, I'm not surprised. Okay, Gareth. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Please come and see us in person as soon as you can, and we'll do a how to wow if you if you if you've got that in in your tank. That'd be great. Brilliant, Chris. Thank you for having me. Have you're, a great day. You're very welcome, Gareth Southgate. One of my favourite sports people in the whole world. If you know him and you're thinking about a Christmas box, an abacus maybe. Yeah, just a calculator. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, slide rule, do they call them the old slide rules? At least he can count to 11. Oh, we don't know. We've never heard him. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. She virtually wrote the book on success in sport and now she's hosting the TV show. Driving Force starts tonight on Sky Mix at 9pm and tells the story of the most successful sportswomen this country has ever produced. So here to tell us all about it is a lady we all 15, 30 and 40 love. It's the one and only Judy Murray! Yeah, game set and match we win because we've got Judy on the show. Hello, Judy! <laughs> Hello, Chris. How oh, are you? Very well. How are you? <laughs> yeah, doing all right, actually. First of all, fabulous photo shoot in the magazines at the weekend. You looked amazing. Took a lot of people to create oh, that look, no. believe me. <laughs> See, I knew you'd say that. You look gorgeous. You are gorgeous anyway. This is a brilliant television show, Driving Force. Tell us how it came about, please. Well, it came about through a lady called Rosemary Reed, who is one of a very few female TV producers, and she runs a company called uh, Power of Women TV. So she does a lot of this kind of stuff, you know, in conversation with, in-depth interviews, docu-series with mostly businesswomen, humanitarians, people from the entertainment business. And she had never done sport before, and she approached me to ask if I would be interested in doing it with her. And, of course, I've never presented before. I'm up for, always up for trying new challenges. And, of course, I'm always up for raising the profile of women in sport and women's sports. So, uh, yeah, so I got involved with her and we have um, 11 episodes. They are 11 of our most successful sportswomen. And it really explores the not just the tremendous successes that they've got but the backstory that led to those successes and the driving forces in their lives you know whether that's the parents the teachers the community coaches the london olympics you know the events or the training facilities what what were the driving forces that inspired and helped them to get to the top of their games so of course i've absolutely loved it it's been fascinating and you're the perfect woman for the job it has to be said so what are the common narratives and what are the outliers um I mean, the, the, the common thing, of course, is the passion for whatever sport it is that they do, uh, the determination, the work ethic, the resilience and so forth. But, you know, I, I always say, it, you know, there's talent everywhere. Somebody has to spot that talent and somebody has to create the opportunity for that talent to nurture and then the hard work kicks in. So we've got all of those things in it. Um, I think it explores the highs, it explores the lows, it explores the, the curveballs, you know, the things that you that kind of hit you that you're not expecting, uh, how you deal with injuries, for example, where you're dedicating your life to chasing that gold medal and suddenly an injury kicks in that stymies you for six months or, you know, really sets you back, whether it's bullying, whether it's trolling on social media, um, you know, whether it's handling the media, whether it's dealing with uh, dealing with being in the spotlight, it really raises a lot of the awareness around the the issues and challenges that we face, and 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 we hope that by creating talking points around that, we will better prepare the next generation of female athletes and their parents and their coaches, um, and you know all the people around them, to make a better sporting environment in which women and girls can can thrive. 
So you talk about resilience and you talk about hard work um, and you talk about talent and spotting that talent. And those three particular factors, do you think they're, they're God-given, um, uh, for, for want of a different phrase, perhaps? Do you think that we are born with a hard drive and that's just who we are? And then the software on top of that is what we can be taught in the environments within which we exist and are brought up. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a, there's always a lot of discussion about that nature of e-nurture, and I, I do believe it's it's a bit of both. I think, you know, we inherit characteristics in the same way that we inherit perhaps, you know, hair colour or eye colour or, but we, you know, we're products of our environment. So I think genetics comes into it to a certain, certain extent, but actually the environment in which we are brought up um, is what, usually determines the way that our personalities are formed and the opportunities that are created for us determines usually where we where we end up going because if there is no opportunity um you know the door gets shut very very early so you know one of the things that of course that I'm really big on and I hope the series will will help with that is the importance of opening the door at grassroots level to girls and women in wherever whatever their background um is and where wherever their location uh might be you know just to the importance of and and not, none more so now than during this covid year the importance of staying physically and mentally active and we need role models we need role models in women's sport which is why we we're using this as a huge showcase to celebrate success and build build profile because if you can see it you can be it and we don't have enough visibility around women's sport in this country yet it's better than it's ever been but we've still got a long way to go all right well uh, judy you're awesome um and uh you know another reason to to for uh, young girls to be inspired is because you tend to get an e after your end uh, your, your name uh, at the end of your name because uh, look at this lineup here judy murray obe steph horton mbe victoria pendleton cbe charlotte dujardin cbe rebecca adlington cbe dame sarah story dbe dame kelly Holmes dbe christina harugu mbe i mean it's not bad is it i mean you know all richly deserved katie taylor also in there as well dina asher smith and natasha jones well done judy um this is season one will there be a season two I hope so, Chris, because there's so many more uh, great sports women out there and a lot of sports that we weren't able to cover, uh, you know, in the first 10 that um, I'd love to be able to highlight a lot more stories. So fingers crossed we get a second series. And what else are you up to? Well, right now I'm going to get on a flight and get myself back up to back up to Scotland. But um, no, not not up to an awful lot because the tennis world, in, certainly in terms of fans, has largely largely shut down. So anything that I do in terms of conferences and workshops, normally, uh, you know, building workforces to grow the game around the world and encourage more female coaches, all of these things have been stopped because of of COVID. So um, thankfully, I've been able to concentrate on the driving force, which has been great to do something different i must say all right well well done lovely show thanks judy lovely to hear from you again thanks chris bye bye, bye you're very welcome bye bye, bye. bye. Uh, driving force all episodes available now sky on demand sounds great doesn't it well we watched the first it episode great. it, it is, doesn't it sound great fantastic. it is great all episodes available now sky on demand driving force is the show the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio if you want to feel better from workouts to the fridge, our next guest has got it covered. His latest book, 30 Day Kickstart Plan, is out now and here to tell us exactly what he hopes to achieve. Please welcome the na- nation's PE teacher-elect. Suck those guts in, everyone. It's Joe Wicks. <laughs> All right, Joe. 
Hello, mate. Good morning. What an introduction. He's the best, isn't he? How are you today, pal? I'm good, mate. I'm keeping busy. I'm um, doing my workout still on YouTube, so I do three a week, then I'm still getting everyone fit through lockdown number two. Right, so today's workout was his ninth, uh, made up of three rounds of three minutes work uh, with 30 seconds rest in between. I've been told 10 squats, 10 squat jumps, 10 lunges, eight hand-release push-ups, eight shoulder taps, eight mountain climbers, six burpees, six tuck jumps, six full body crunches. Joe, I've never been able to do a single burpee. Do you have any tips for me? Well, it's just practice. You can do like an easier version. You ain't got to do the ones where you go right to the floor. You know, right. just do the basic ones where you sort of kick your legs out. But I, um, I, I try and keep them, you know, varied. I like to mix them up. But if you get to one where there's a burpee and you don't fancy it, just skip it and do something else. Have a little break. No, I do fancy it. It's just my hammies have always been tight. I actually went online uh, a couple of months ago because you can actually learn how to touch your toes, can't you? Can... Tash is learning how to do a handstand at the moment. You just hear it every afternoon for about an hour, uh, clumping and upstairs and, you know, breaking all the furniture. But hopefully none of us have. Any, any tips for tight hammies? Well, it just it just comes down to stretching, doesn't it? I mean, we sit down for so much, and if you're into, if you're still running and doing all that as well, it's just about if you're going to do a long run, you've got to dedicate at least ten, fifteen minutes to having a stretch. But it's but it's boring, isn't it? It's boring, and it takes so much discipline to do it. That's what I struggle with. Right. Okay. Uh, book wise, what's cooking, my friend? So I'm back. I, it wouldn't take long, but yeah, I'm back with another book. So this is the thirty day kickstart plan. Uh, One hundred brand new recipes, which I I love. They're really good recipes, and I also focus a lot more about the mental health benefits of exercising this so about how you're going to feel you know your mindset your mood your energy talking about those things which i think are really important to the motivational side of exercise it's a great book for christmas of course it is absolutely 100 percent um you've had a fantastic year one way or another and you've been so helpful to so many people millions of people not just here but around the world and uh, vasas and i earlier on this week we were talking about for uh, for 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 women, mostly women listening to the show, thinking about what the husband would like for Christmas, we just went through our favourite prezzies that our partners have bought us over the years. And mine were, last year, my wife bought me four pairs of vintage in-the-box Nike trainers uh, from uh, for Christmas. And I wear them and I love them. Um, That's any, awesome. Yeah, good any, present. Any favourite Christmas presents that you can share that you've you've received for ideas for wives this year? I think the best gift I ever given was a, was a new guitar. Like, I'm learning to play the guitar. So Rosie got me a really amazing acoustic guitar, which is like, something it's like a, you know an ornament and i use it and i always get so much pleasure out of it so that i think an, an instrument encouraging someone to learn an instrument is a really lovely thing because it's, it's really nice to be creative even if you're not good at it it just feels good to do it and sit down and have a little you know strum on the old guitar yeah i got somebody bought me a ukulele last year which is even easier to play than a guitar and i i can while away the hours i mean the you know the hours just disappear into thin air yeah, it's lovely. Like I, I, I have weeks where I'm really into it and I play it loads and I have times where I sort of forget about it. But when I'm doing it, it's just, just nice, isn't it? You put your phone down, you just have a little play around and it's just nice to come up with chords and like, learn a few new things. But it is, it is challenging because if you haven't played for a while, your fingertips start to hurt, don't they, when you play it? <laughs> they do. The 30-day kickstart plan, 100 recipes, 10 brand new hit workouts. Uh, give us, give, if you had to sell your book with one recipe in it, what might it be? Oh, that's a tough question. I'd probably go, you know what? I made these re this recipe yesterday on um, this morning. I made a, per a stack of Elvis pancakes. So they're peanut butter, banana <laughs> pancakes with crispy bacon and maple syrup. So a lovely treat. And there's loads of great family recipes. But this is my best. I really think I've learned a lot. And I've got everything I've learned in the past few years to kind of create a book that I know people are going to really kind of benefit and change their habits from and really get healthy this year. Some of the team saw you making those pancakes yesterday and they said this morning, well, he made what, what, he, what he described as a sort of healthier version of an Elvis pancake. How, how can you make a healthier version of the original Elvis pancake? Well, they're only little and they're obviously, you know, there's no flour in them, so it's just peanut butter, a banana and egg. But um, 
the great thing is, you know, you can make a small stack, you can make a big stack. You don't need to put the maple syrup in the bacon. It is a little bit of a treat, but I wouldn't have it every single day. But on a weekend with the kids, make a bit of mess, you know, knock up the batter and you can sort of make them together. So it's just a nice treat. I mean, Elvis loves his pancakes and I do. So I thought, I've got to put it in the book, haven't I? It sounds like you might be an Elvis fan, actually. Oh, I'm, yeah, big time. I love oh, yeah. it. And I didn't know, I've watched a couple of documentaries, I didn't know, you know, his, his stories and his journey. But yeah, I mean, he got big near the end, didn't he? Because he was eating so much junk food and fast food and stuff. But yeah. um, this, is a, this is a homage to his pancakes. He could have done with your book, couldn't he? That's for sure. And uh, are you working this weekend? Oh, I'm always working. If I'm, a day off for me is filming. So like, well, if I've got a day off, I've got to do some videos for YouTube because... These workouts I'm doing on my YouTube channel, it's every, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. I try and film them in one go. I just do all three of them back to back. Then I can get another week's work in the bag. You know I mean, I can have a, little, have a little rest. But this weekend, plenty of filming and hanging out with the kids. Yeah, well, when I was your age, old blokes like me used to say to me then, like I'm going to say to you now, don't do too much, Joe. Oh, well, don't you? Yeah, I know. Well, everyone says it, but, you know, I'm serving so many people with these videos. Yeah. For me, it's like I love knowing that people out there can do these and they don't need to buy it. You know, they don't need to buy a book or a 90-day plan. They can do these videos on their own at home. And that, that's important for me, that people have access to it, you know? Yeah, what have you had to eat this morning, by the way? Um, I haven't had breakfast yet. I train. I like to train, and then I eat breakfast afterwards. Right, have you had any coffee? Uh, no, no coffee. I'm not really into coffee. I'm, I'm more into just, like, you know, cracking out a workout fasted, <laughs> and I have a big, you know... I normally have protein pancakes, or I'll have um, a big, big bowl of porridge for breakfast. All right, and when do you finally finish for Christmas? Oh, and... It never ends, is it? I mean, look, the, I even... I, I, when, when it's Christmas Day, I don't exercise. I don't do anything. I eat everything I can. But Boxing Day, I've got a tradition that every single Boxing Day, I do a live workout to get everyone moving and, you know, have a little right. bit of fun and burn some energy before we smash the, um, all the leftovers. So, I, isn't, you know, it never, it never stops, is it? Social media never stops. That's the difference between yeah. most, I think, careers. It's like people are there all the time waiting for you to post, waiting for you to share stuff. So yeah. it never sleeps, really. Uh, you're married to wife, but you're also married to the world, and it's nice to be married to you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, mate. Have a lovely day. Take care, everybody. Take See you soon. Bye-bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, who's next? If you like your festive shows beautifully sung with a sprinkling of acting royalty, then look no further. Her new concert film, Christmas Spectacular, from the Royal Albert Hall, is out very soon. And here to tell us more is a lady that's added some ho-ho-ho to her mezzo-soprano o-o-o. It's the fantastic Catherine Jenkins. Very nice, David. Very nice. I hope she liked it. Did you like it, Catherine? <laughs> that was brilliant. Thank you. I think it was, it was far too good for a Monday. Not far too good for you, but far too good for this show. Um, Catherine, I've seen your film. I love your film. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was, it's been lovely to make. I mean, to really get us in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Deep reds, rustic hues of sepia, uh, families together, uh, you little kiddies' frizzy hair. That's the most Christmassy, frizziest hair I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? It, just, it was so lovely to kind of try and do something good and try and bring a bit of joy. Um, I think throughout this throughout all of the lockdowns and I've been doing these, you know, online concerts to try and boost a little bit of, of spirit and, and morale. entertain people. Morale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I thought, um, you know, music was bringing people together and we were having this little online community. And I thought in case we can't have Christmas concerts and carol services this year, I'm going to try and bring the best of Christmas to people. So we made a feature film and it's going to be coming to cinemas in December, which is really exciting. Well done. Congratulations. So um, just, just walk people through it, the headlines of the film. 
Well, the idea is um, almost, it's sort of like a night at the museum, um, but it's a night where myself and my family, we live at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, so it's a sort of magical journey. <laughs> Which I, I think you do, by the way. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and they gave me amazing access because... Um, when we were there, it was my 50th performance. So they very kindly let us film on the roof, in the basements, in the corridors, dressing rooms. So it's a real sort of magical mystery tour around the Royal Albert Hall. But it's got Bill Nye, Vanessa Redgrave, Sir Bryn Turville, Marisha Wallace, Alberta Urso. We've got a full orchestra of dancers. I just wanted to make sure that all of the Christmas cheer came to people. And it's sort of essentially my family trying to sort of bring Christmas to other families out there to, you know, it's been a tough year and we wanted to try and make everybody enjoy a little bit of Christmas music this year. Well, it's gorgeous. I think it's going to be a massive hit. I really do. Um, so oh, have you put you. an offering on the Albert Hall? <laughs> you know what? There are partners on this and I just think it's so important to try and do all we can to support live music venues, especially one as iconic as the Royal Albert Hall in these times. And so, um, you know, hopefully this will also help them. And the cast you talked of there, I mean, that sounds like a gang. I know you all know each other anyway, um, but that yeah. sounds to me like a gang that needs to go on and do other things. You know, this, is, <laughs> this sounds like the, the foundation of a gang going forward. That might be fun. Maybe it needs to be the adventures of us all together. <laughs> yeah, but seriously. We had a really great time. I know you've got a 13-day tour um, um, to announce as well, a 13-day tour which will run from November the 15th until December the 3rd um, in 2021. Now, we've just had the health secretary matt hancock on the show live and he said you know these words came out of his mouth today on this show he thinks because of the vaccines that are ready to go 100 million doses by christmas of one and others coming online soon after that he thinks and he said it on this show catherine this morning and this is a big deal for especially for, for the health secretary to say out loud he thinks we will have the option and the beginnings of going back to normal life in the third week of april next year oh, isn't that amazing that be amazing i know i know oh, that, 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 it makes me so happy to hear that um you know what we found on when we were filming is we had about 200 artists in the royal albert hall and we had to do you know obviously strict covid testing and everything but to see the joy on all of the artists faces to be back doing what we know and love and sort of doing it safely um it's just you know to we've all really really missed it and to be able to be back with the orchestras and the choirs and doing all of that again and to be back with the audiences i think it's what we all need and so gosh that's amazing news and i i i, I hope it happens well it's uh, you know he wouldn't say i mean he just wouldn't say it. even if he thought it, he wouldn't no, say he it wouldn't. so no, he must know no. it now he must know that this is going to be the case which is great <laughs> isn't it uh, so Catherine, well done um christmas Catherine's christmas spectacular incident first of december and then six days later you can watch it in your own living room that's that's the plan isn't it yeah obviously it was created for the sort of theatrical experience but um i'm also aware of people that aren't able to get out to the cinema so you're going to be able to um see it on digital platforms and on dvd um and we've got the soundtrack as well so um i hope that it makes people feel christmassy and get in the spirit and as i said it's it's from my family to yours all right, pal. Uh, love to talk to you, Catherine. You know where we are. <laughs> Next time you need you us, too. we'll 
be here for you. Thank you so much indeed. Oh, thank you. Lovely to chat. You're very welcome, (laughs) as always. Lots of love to you and yours. CatherineJenkins.co.uk is where you need to go uh, for all details about forthcoming Jenkins Christmasiness. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Next up, we're speaking to American actor and, would you believe it, wrestler David Arquette. Good morning, David. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for staying up late to talk to us. As far as two-hour therapy sessions are concerned, this film is pretty much up there from an intense point of view. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness me. Uh, For people who don't know, can you tell us about the 20-year journey that led to this documentary? Yeah. 20 years ago, I did a film called Ready to Rumble, and it was a wrestling-based film, and it um, it had a lot of the people that were involved in WCW, which was a big wrestling promotion that was sort of battling WWE at the time. They were having something called the Monday Night Wars, and they were uh, sort of going back and forth in ratings, and Warner Brothers owned part of WCW, so they put me on the show, and they decided to make me the champion, the world champion of wrestling. And all of the fans uh, got really upset for 20 years. So I decided to uh, sort of prove myself, uh, make a love letter to wrestling, and expose all my, <laughs> all my flaws uh, for the world to see. I mean, it wasn't your fault in the first place. You know, you're you are remain a Hollywood big, you know, big shot. Um, you, you you're huge. You've been in some of the most famous films, the Scream franchise, etc. None of this was really your fault. And also, what many of the fans who were uh, revolting let's let's not shy away from what was going on at the time didn't realize is that you love wrestling. I mean, you're as, you're as big, if not a bigger fan than they are. Oh no, I mean, there's some really serious fans out there. But I do love wrestling. And when it first came up, I was like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> but then uh, Diamond Dallas Page, who's an incredible wrestler and, and has an incredible workout program called DDPY, which helped me lose 50 pounds in the, in the course of this film. Um, he said, well, listen, if you don't do it, then this whole thing's over. The promotion to Reddit rumbles over. The wrestling's over. And I said, well, what if I do do it? And he said, if you do do it, you get to come with us for the next two weeks. You get to travel with us and, you know, meet all the your, you know, favorite wrestlers and be part of the whole show. So <laughs> I had to decide at that point. That's sort of a dream come true for me. And for a lot of kids, like when you're a kid and you're a wrestling fan, and you're looking up at the champion holding the belt. Everyone sort of, you know, is like, oh, that's so cool. It would be great to be the champion. But, uh. What I didn't know was my real lesson in the whole thing was that I am a champion. You're a champion. Everyone listening to this is a champion. You know, we're all champions of our own lives. And we have to sort of figure that out and make sure you love yourself. I'd been beating myself up for years. And this film sort of catches uh, a lot of uh, years of therapy and a lot of uh, self-abuse. And uh, you witness some of it within the film. But... uh, at the end of the day, I really had to learn how to believe in myself. It's so interesting, isn't it? That, you know, 
it was the pain was still so intense and they do say because there's a lot of therapy done you know psychological therapy done but they do say don't ignore the body you know the body is where the real is really where the trauma sits you know and 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 settles and and can simmer over these years but to come back and for it to still be so painful to you have to to sort of to have to 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 sort of achieve some redemption you know i mean just just this looks like it might be the most painful film anybody's ever voluntarily made david <laughs> it is. It is so painful. I, I I cannot believe what they go through in the wrestling ring, and they do it every almost every night. It's uh, it's like getting hit by a car every time you walk in the wrestling ring. It's so painful. I had several injuries and surgeries, and uh, you know, threw my back out a ton of times, and my neck's still not the same. It's uh. I have more respect for wrestlers than I ever did before. If anything, it's like choreographed MMA. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's quite a sport. It's something you really have to train for. It's not, not to be taken lightly. And, uh, I got myself into some situations I was in over my head for sure. Before you go, I know that you want to change your life. You want to pivot and you want to sort of work towards service more, the service of others, which I think is fantastic. Um, You know, here you are on the precipice of your your 50th birthday. How do you feel about the next 10 to 20 years? Um, Good. I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm in a good place. I feel a lot more sort of grounded and, I don't know. It was weird, like going through all of that, <laughs> what you see in the film. And then this whole pandemic stuff hit. I was really kind of like, uh, I don't know. I felt, you know, I didn't lose it <laughs> because I kind of lost it already. <laughs> so I was uh, in a good place to be in such a, you know, weird place. And I know everyone's going through such crazy times, but, um, yeah, I was just grateful that I was kind of had my head my head on right and had worked out a lot of issues in my relationship and just kind of uh, working on just <laughs> learning how to homeschool and you know do the laundry and <laughs> clean the house. Right. So, but you promised me now, not that we know each other really, but uh, no more wrestling. <laughs> no more wrestling. Come on. <laughs> no more wrestling. I don't know. Once you're in the wrestling world, you're kind of in for life. No, so no, I don't no. know if I'll <laughs> wrestle again, but Good. I'll probably, I might be like a manager or something. Or, yeah. I love tag team wrestling with RJ City, my tag team partner. He's he's pretty mean person (laughs) (laughs) quite good to have yeah on your side a good guy to have you back um thanks david thanks thanks for staying up so late at night to talk to us the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio thank you so much for listening to this the podcast of the virgin radio breakfast show don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our virgin radio breakfast show with sky 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 